Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Two Narics podcast. I am your host, James Emler, joined by my good friend, Timmy Long. Hi, everyone. Rowan is on the deck, say hi Rowan. Hi Rowan. Aina's here helping us out too, say hi Aina. Hi Aina. And we're on location in Limerick Prison. Yeah. Um, and we're chatting with this lovely lady, Geraldine. Hello. How are you? Not too bad, Geraldine. How are you keeping? Grand now, not too bad. How are you feeling about this? Um, excited. Yeah. Yeah, excited. It's not every day a prisoner comes on a podcast while no, inside. No, it's not. It's not storm that you, you'd normally see anyway. No, no. Yeah. But look. Enjoy it. We'll and give it a go anyway. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. There's nothing to lose. Yeah. But we're in Limerick Prison at the moment. But where are you from? I'm from Waterford. Um, Waterford City. Waterford City, yeah. And what age are you? I'm 29. I'm 30 now in October. Oh, yeah. What day in October? Halloween. My birthday's Halloween too. Ah, yeah. Scorpios. Yeah, I'd be, um, what age yeah. am I? I'd be 36 on Halloween. I'd be 30. Yeah. yeah. I was born in uh, in the Coombe Hospital in Dublin on Halloween and Dublin is mad in Halloween as you know yes but, um, I was born near Mount Hospital in Waterford on Halloween so. oh very good very good yeah. so um, we'll go back to the start do you want right. to tell us a little about where you grew up right um, I'm from Waterford City anyway in the city of Waterford and yeah I have one sister and I have two brothers and I'm the middle child my sister's older than me and I have two younger brothers not by much like say two years one and then four years the other and my sister's four years older than me so yeah um, went to school yeah completed primary school not a bother loved school as a child into secondary school then probably first first year wasn't too bad then second year slowly slipping skipping school diving off smoking fags the normal mm. stuff like yeah so second year third year yeah would have started hanging around with the girls and the boys and that's mm. pretty normal though normal isn't it? of course yeah. yeah normal you're trying Teenager, to fit into a, your own group yeah. at that age like yeah, 13 14 you're trying to find yourself you know really you're trying to be deadly yeah. so to speak yeah. Yeah. if you're not swat let's say a swat yeah you know, you're going to fit in with the, the middle group or the group yeah. that just have no interest in school because they can't yeah. focus, so... Well, yeah. in my school, I think it was all the people from my area in the one class. Mm. So, and I think that's in a lot of schools as well. Yeah, well, did so, you come from a rough area of yeah, Waterford? Yeah, I'm from Kilcone and Waterford, so it's okay. rough enough, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, would it be as rough as... Uh, 
wouldn't no, be... No, probably wouldn't be as rough as where you're from. Yeah. Like, Ballybeg is probably the roughest in Waterford, known as state-wise. I met a lot of fellas in prison yeah, through the years from Ballybeg. Mm-hmm. I think ba- Ballybeg might be the Knocknahenia Waterford, does it? It would, definitely, yeah. Because <laughs> it's the biggest. Yeah. Ballybeg is massive, yeah. It is, yeah, it is, yeah. It's only when, at the road from where I'm from, down the road, across the round, but I'm up yeah. Like, yeah. Do you know when you were getting in trouble in school? Was it causing trouble for you at home then? No, not necessarily, because... I wouldn't really let on to my mother until, mm. like, you get the report or if you have detention, like, mm. slowly but surely it creeped mm. in. Did, and did you get to do the junior sort? Well, I did I did the junior and the leaving, but oh, with great uh, difficulty. Mm. Yeah. Like, the whole of sixth year, I make me laugh when I look back now. I would get dressed in the morning at eight o'clock. And my mother would drop me and my friends to school. I would make my way back up to the top gate of the school and back up into my estate and into the bed. I would go because my mother would be in work at four o'clock <laughs> and she wouldn't know the difference. But one day anyway, in sixth year, the secretary of the school comes knocking on my mother's front door. At four o'clock, I'm, I'm letting on after walking in home from school, knock on the door. Geraldine, she said, and I dressed in the full uniform. You weren't in school in six months. <laughs> so, yeah. That's I, can, I, I can relate a lot with that because I... I I did my junior sort and my leaving sort right. as well, but it was very difficult to yeah, get through it. Definitely. And I think if you used half that energy it in, took to get back into bed, you would have gotten enough points well, to be I a GP. Yeah, I did very well in my leaving sort. I only failed one thing, and that was maths. Go oh, away. Yeah. I did two foundation, so, and I did. I did foundation five. maths, but I failed to yeah. work. But I, I couldn't tell you how many points I got. I'd say about eight. Yeah. But oh. I didn't really care about education. Mm. Really, I'd no maths. I didn't either, to be honest. How was um? Secondary school, did you did you use any form of substances? Yeah, or? I started smoking hash and drinking now in secondary school. And what age were you then? I started smoking hash when I was about 13, 14. Mm. So mm. then 15, 16, started going out drinking on the weekends. Where, like I used to hang around with older people that were older than me. So like girls and that that were older than me, like would be my sister's age, I would have hung around with. So off taking ease on the weekend, telling my mother I was sleeping in such a man's house when mm. I wouldn't, I'd be going off for the whole mm. weekend. That's the typical kind of story, like really, they're touching off yeah. the weed or the hash. Then it's like the it's like a ease. gateway to everything else. Yeah, you yeah, start smoking yeah. this. Oh yeah, what's this? Onto that, onto that. How did you feel like taking ecstasy? How how did that make you feel? Oh Jesus! At first, like oh, I was oh, seeing mad things yeah. and things that weren't even there. And when I look back now, like mad, oh. it was mad. It was just like a. Did it give you any sense of belonging or anything like that? You know, I I kind of did and it didn't. Yeah. Because I was more always like, like weed and tablets, a pure stoner kind. Like I'd only do that on the weekend. Yeah. Say Friday and Saturday, then Sunday, probably go home, put put on the X Factor, order Chinese, a few tablets and a few joints. That would have been, the Sunday would have been happy then for me to come home and just pig out. Yeah. Do you know? When did that all kind of take, go pear shape then? Like Say right. Um, when I was eighteen, did my debs all that. So, and I met. I was in this long term relationship now for seven years. Back when I was eight, I was seventeen, eighteen. But see, the boy I was with was seven years older than me. Mm. So he was already active in prison on heroin. Mm. Like he was clean when I met him, and he was doing well and all. So for the first two years, everything was grand. The whole lot moved out, got our own house. He stayed out of prison. So 
then he ended up getting locked back up again. I was around 20, 21. So I started hanging around with his sister, who was then again older than me, and she was on the heroin. So one night I couldn't get no tablets, couldn't get no weed, nothing like that. And she said, here, do you want to go with that? So I... Yeah. Just like that? Just like that. That easy, like yeah. you're hooked on heroin. Yeah. And that is it. When you take heroin yeah. for the first time, anybody that does, if you don't get sick... And you get any form of thrill. I felt art. like I was up all night. Yeah. I couldn't sleep over the... Yeah, there, was some, there was something about yeah. heroin. I couldn't sleep on it either. Yeah, I, for and the first time I ever took it, I couldn't sleep. Yeah, and it I would be warrior. itchy and... Yes. But I think for somebody like yourself and myself, because my drugs would mainly been downers as well, like yes, you know, Valium and Xanax yeah. and stuff like that. It was very natural for me to make the progression onto heroin because yes. it did what the, the that stuff did, yeah. but better. Multiply by hundred. Yeah, and when yeah. you start smoking it, um, for me anyway, it just be as as you become more addicted to it, you become more desperate for yeah. money, and that ends in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Did the heroin use bring trouble with the law into your life? No, basically no. Right. Um, I was that's when I started smoking the first about twenty one. Say so my partner then got out of prison, and. He knew something was wrong. He just said, you're smoking gear. And I said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. So when I came to him and he found out, he killed me and said, get me a bag of gear. So the two of us ended up on it together mm-hmm. then. Like we were never on a previous together. He was on it years before. But when he got out of prison and realised that, yeah, I started smoking it with his sister. Mm. Yeah. And is heroin a big issue in Waterford? Oh, it will be, yeah. Big time. Mm. Yeah, it will be big time, yeah. Mm-hmm. And has it been like that for a long time? Oh, it will be, yeah. I know people, yeah, a lot older than me, yeah. Yeah, because like Dublin, obviously, we associate. You know, oh, of course, but you people traveling yeah. to Dublin. I know, I know, like, I know. Like we was had, never methadone programs down the country for years, like. I know, it was the same in Cork, but yeah. we didn't really have heroin problem either, up until. I think it was very hidden, so to speak, for mm. a long time. Mm. Yeah. How did, did your family notice that you were taking heroin? Not like, for a while, mm. not for a while, but yeah. see... Me being in trouble with the the law, that happened before I was on heroin. Mm. Like I always would have robbed and makeup, hair extensions. Like that a young girl from my yeah. type of area wouldn't have the money for exactly. You're yeah. going to rob it. That's how it is. Yeah. So yeah, I always shoplifted, mm-hmm. and then obviously in my addiction, then yeah, the shoplifting got worse. Because mm. you were just uh, be your habit. This is <laughs> yeah. like wheeling and dealing, trying, you know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Were you smoking Given, much heroin during the week? Oh yeah, me and him at first, like we were living, we were living at the country from Waterford, like, and I was driving, and that's what we'd been driving in every day, going off, making a few pounds, mm. go and get whatever we need for the night, come back out home. So it was like that for a good mm. while. What then, age were when you first come into prison? Um, so twenty five. Twenty four, twenty five. What was it? What was it? What was it like going to prison for the very first time? What like for not for somebody that has never been to prison that might be watching? What's the feeling like for you as a lady coming into a woman's prison? There's a feeling of oh shit, like fuck, I'm actually fucked now. But when you come in here and realise then that everyone in here is the same as you, mm. and mm. like so to speak, most of us here in Limerick Prison, like we're like very close. Mm. Like compared to the jokers where I've been before, like it's a very big prison. Like you wouldn't probably like you can walk away from things, but down here, like it's only a landing, so you see everyone every day. So I think it's a lot closer down in this prison. Mm. Do you know? Mm. Uh, it's like uh, home from home. Kinda, but no. <laughs> Do you know, like for me, when I was going into prison, 
uh, the land that I would have went on would have been A3. I said it before. Nearly all yeah. A3 was people mm-hmm. from where we grew up. Mm-hmm. So There's a lot of Waterford as well, there, not there? There was a lot of Waterford. When you get sent from a man from Waterford to go straight yeah. to Cork. Mm-hmm. But you know, going from the street into the prison was not like, oh shit, I'm going to prison. I better turn my life around. It was just seen as like something yeah. that you had to do every so often when you lived in this yeah. lifestyle. And it wasn't like... <laughs> just like a big... Hostel you can't get out of. Mm. Yeah, exactly. That, that only happens though when you're put to a prison that you, you're well known or where you're yeah. going in there and your family members in there. It's just like but stepping stepping from one side yeah, of the footpath to the, to other. the other. But when you're moved up the country and oh, you're moving yeah. in with different forms of yes. criminals and gangs yes. and stuff like that. It's a lot different in Dublin jail. There's well. a different feeling. You know, you know, there's, it's like the minute you walk, are you <laughs> walk? <laughs> the minute the truck pulls into the, the car park yeah. at the prison, like. And you're getting the off adrenaline. that fan, you're thinking, what's going on here? Yeah. The what fight is kicking in yeah. at that moment and you're really, really at your height of your adrenaline. Like, Definitely. You know, and then you live in it then when you're in the prison for. Yeah. As long as you're there. That was yeah, my experience. Yeah. yeah. I know, I know what you mean. Like often, last time I was up in Mount Gina, it was about 10 months ago. But pulling in and they're not knowing like. Mm. What's know? the big differences between Limerick Prison and the Dorcas? Oh, there's a big difference. Very big. Like in Mount Jai is like, it's a centre. Like there's no bars on the window in Mount Jai or mm. it's a centre. It's not, they don't, they don't class it as a prison. They class it as a centre. Like they don't call it the cell. The room, I couldn't get that. I said to the officer one day, will you open my cell there? And I go in, it's a room. Like yeah. t- little things like that. Mm. Like it's mad, you have your own key to your own door. Like mm. I couldn't get that. Like your own key and go in when you want. And like even you're allowed your own bed and curtains. Like it's like, it's very homely in that mm. Very, because you can have all the things that you don't necessarily have in another prison. Do you find mm. it easier to do time in Limerick? No, here, Limerick. It's easier. Because the time flies down here at Mount Joy. It's too long of a day. Mm, more of a struggle. And I'm here. happier with my routine in this prison than mm. in Mount Joy. Something I experienced too when I went from Cork to Shelton Abbey was, first of all, the door is never locked. Yeah, there's I no officers. There's no officers in uniform. So I didn't know like yeah. some of the lifers looked like, looked like all yeah. they went to me. Do you know? Yeah. Um, but the biggest, the biggest difference I thought was in Cork prison, you're... Out in the morning, 10 to 12, in for dinner, out for school, you know, two hours in, two hours out, and then you're locked structure. in for dinner. Structure, you'd miss the, the structure. The day goes like that, but in the, in the prison, I'd say like the door, it's like Shelton Abbey. Yeah. You just have to, if you, if you haven't got that structure, it can be hard to, to oh, fill the day. Uh, if your if your head's not in the, the right mind frame, you're you know, if you're still yet. caught up in no, any form of addiction or anything no, like that, you're, you're, you're in big trouble, like, yeah. you know. But yeah. if your head's in going on to one of those open prisons, if your head is in a good place yeah. where you're on some form path that you want to if better your life, yeah, if you're ready, you know, um, it's definitely good for you because you have the family visits, you know, your kids, there's, you can walk around the, the gardens and stuff like that. Mm. These are things that like the things, see, some people don't understand this. I remember this. In the Midlands, my family coming up, you no, know, my wife and my mm. two kids coming up, you no, know, it was a three hour drive up and a three hour drive back down to Cork. Yeah. And I was sober and clean at the time and I wasn't using it. I didn't do anything. I was going to meetings. I was in the education. It's just, and I got a screen, mm. you know, a screen, like it get, I don't know, was it the dog or something. Yeah, that's an indication. You know? And that happens. absolutely drove me absolutely 
mad like you know because I, my, there's my child my small yeah. crying on the other side yeah, and you can't do my wife is crying because she doesn't understand what just happened yeah. you know because a dog might have sniffed something mm. do you know mm-hmm. it, yeah. like things like that could really upset you but what my but point it, it is it can often it, happen yeah yeah and when it wouldn't necessarily mean that there's anything wrong yeah. It could be like, say, some people come up on the bus. They could have sat in the bus. Someone could have had something yeah. on the bus. Like, mm. it could be little things mm. like that. Or even like, say, if you had a metal plate in your leg or mm. something like a wire and something like, and you go off on the machine, like, mm. it necessarily co- doesn't have to be a problem. Like, it mm. could be just something so harmless. Yeah. The dog could be having a bad day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. A, the <laughs> dog could be having a bad day, yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> do you want to tell us a little bit about what's it like inside in Limer Prison on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, First so, thing in the morning, door opens. What does Jolene do? Right, see, well, it's different for every every girl because, like, some are enhanced, some are in the enhanced land, and some are in a double cell. Like, so basically, for myself, anyway, get up in the morning. Like, I'll be up, I'm not like a big early riser. Like, I don't get up for breakfast or anything, but yeah, about 10 to 9, get up out of bed, get washed and dressed, wait for the door open. Yeah. <laughs> Probably go out, put out the bin. Go around doing my little job that I have to do. Like, um, I work in the laundry on a Wednesday and Saturday. So, like, that breaks up the week for me big time. I love going to the laundry on a Wednesday and Saturday. What is it about it that you love? You go over, like, you get, like, it's a break off the landing. Like, you're working a proper job, doing all the washing, the whole, uh, you get to have a toasted sandwich over there. <laughs> you get to get a Chinese twice a year over there. So, <laughs> like, I love it. big things, aren't they? Yeah, like. <laughs> We had a Chinese there in July, and I swear to God, oh my God, it's heaven. We had uh, we we got a McDonald's um, on Christmas when we were inside as well. So yeah. something like that. Yeah, like when you're working thing. for the whole year, and yeah. you know, like you're working towards something. Yeah. Like even that, like the six of us sat down, or seven of us sat down at the table. Like we don't, you don't do this often. You sit in your cell and eat. We laid out all the Chinese on the table, had all the plates ready. We were just like a little group mm. sitting down mm. having something to eat. Almost like a little family. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was lovely. It's been great lovely. to have nice yeah. memories like that. Yeah. You know, you're making the best yeah. out of a bad situation. Yeah, you're still in prison, <laughs> but you still have little little, little nice, things like that. Yeah, yeah, they make you look forward to. Things, so that's you know. Wednesday and Saturday. Wednesday laundry. and Saturday, yeah. So normally, and not in the summer, say I'd have school on a Monday afternoon. So I do music on a Monday afternoon. So Tuesday, probably just be around the London or whatever. Wednesday of work. Thursday is the shop highlight of the week. So yeah. Then Friday, all day school. School in the morning. So I probably have cooking in the morning and then music in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. But so, I'm learning how to sew now as well. So oh, very I have good. a question yeah. for you. Do you know when you're actually outside and you're yeah. caught up in addiction and the madness of, of, of life that comes with addiction, you know, the robbing, yeah. just a mad fucking every. Like, to come in here and be able to have a little bit of awareness around all that stuff and, and feel yourself growing as a person as well. Mm. How does it want you to want this kind of free life away from addiction and alcohol and crime? You know, or does it, when you go back out and you're back into your natural environment, the same environment you came in, mm. you were in, will that be a problem for you when you go back out? No, like, do you think, do you know something now, being honest? Like, I got out in May 2018 after doing a 12-month sentence mm. and I was back in here on the 5th of August, 18, 
because I got out and I came in on 80 mils of methadone and I got out on 80 mils of methadone. I never addressed it. I never looked at it. And when I got out, yeah, I stayed grand for one or two weeks. But then slowly but surely, mm. Facebook, well, what are you up to? You're calling over. Like, it wasn't heroin when I got out this time. I ended up taking crack. And that... Like what I took for eight weeks and what I did, I went and I did for heroin and for the eight years I was on heroin. What's like, the big difference between heroin and crack? Like I'm not, as you said, like I'm kind of more of a downer person. So the upper, like it was just like, it was like, I need it. That was, yeah. it frightened me. Like all my previous convictions were for theft. And when I get out that time, like robbery, like aggravated burglary, yeah. like I never did anything like that before. <laughs> so it just goes to show what that drug did to me. You know, I, I work in uh, addiction services here in, in, in Ireland and um, one of the big issues that we're seeing over the last 12 months you know, <laughs> with the rise in crack cocaine is... Yes, and it's dangerous. Traditionally, people would have you been using heroin when into treatment. They'd be kind of calm. You know? Yes, they do. But the incidences of violence and confrontation inside in the rehabilitation centres now has gone way up because of the crack cocaine. It makes people more it, on edge, yeah, more violent. Yeah, it does, more, paranoid. Yeah, it will make you paranoid out your head. Yeah. Like even coming off of when I came in here, like I really thought my mobile was still in my pocket. I could hear it ringing. Mm-hmm. I was looking onto the pillow and cell. I was like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like it was mad. Like I came in here with my hand open and all over it. I had to go to Cork University Hospital for an operation when I came in mm-hmm. over that. Mm-hmm. Crack is I didn't even yeah. realize that I slipped my whole hand. Yeah. My hand was mm-hmm. hanging off. But please God, it's all behind you know, anyway. Oh, hopefully. With the help of yeah. God, anyway. But you know what changed it for me? One. Last year, July 2020, a cousin of mine, she was doubled up me in the cell. She, when she did very well, she went to treatment from, say, February last year and she completed Hyde Park, came off her methadone, did everything. She did fantastic. But over COVID, there was no secondary treatment. There was, they wouldn't take anybody. So that girl had to go back to Waterford with no support. And one thing led to another. She ended up breaking her TR and coming back in to finish her eight weeks. So she was doubled up me anyway. And uh, for the eight weeks, we just had a laugh. And mm-hmm. I got to like know her again from when we were children and things. I got to know her properly again. Mm-hmm. And then she got out on the Monday. I remember her going. Like I remember her saying, look, I'll be back. You'll see me again. And then on the Thursday, she was it. Mm, that's so, tragic. It's the reality. Like of it. that hit me hard mm. because yeah. she was after being in the cell with me and she did the best part of my sentence with me. Mm. And I got to know the real girl again. And like, oh. I just knew, do you ever get that feeling? I was lying in the cell and like she said to me, look, I'll send, I'll send you a letter. I said, yeah, no rush. But I just knew I had that feeling. How do you cope with grief like that in here? Oh, it's hard. It's hard because you can't, there's no way like, uh, Saying goodbye or and like that. Have you got supports in here? Oh, I do. Yeah, the chaplain, the priests are very good. Like, because they knew her very well. Like they even because the chaplain said to me on the Thursday, look, Geraldine, if you don't hear anything, I'll ring the place on Monday and see can I find out. So she came back. I found out on the Saturday night, and she came in on the Sunday, and she said, Geraldine, you were so right. Like, hmm. do you know? I know. It's the sad realities of it, really. Like, when I but think- that really motivated me. Hmm. Really did because. She basically died trying to get clean. Because do you know why? You're dealing with something that is life or death. Addiction is yeah. life or death. There's no, like, it will kill you yeah. unless you address it, you know? But look. And she was doing so well getting back into her kids' life mm. and everything and treatment. Like, I still have the letter. We used to write, write to each other every week yeah. when she was up here and I was here and I still have them box of letters. Yeah. 
you know. I'm sure we'll be looking down on you now, wishing oh, the best yeah. of luck and yeah. you know, you can drive so on in, in her name. I am like, you I, just need to make sure you have the right services when you yeah. get out of here. Make sure you have the right people connect to them. Yeah. You know, it's the I only spend way. a sentence in probation when I get out, so hopefully yeah. Tip would not. That'll be no harm because yeah. it'll help you yeah. keep you on the straight and narrow. Yeah. So, do you know, like you said something there around right, about um, prisoners and enhanced regimes and otherwise. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about those? Right. So, when you come into prison, you're automatically on standard. So, that's a phone call a day, uh, 11.90 a week, um, normal visits. Yeah. So, basically, when you get a job, like you can get a job on the landing. It's different in every prison. So, you can get a job on the landing in the kitchen, like serving the dinner because the men cook the dinner here and the laundry, whatever. So, eight weeks is like your probation. You work up. Some, some get paid. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Straight away, yep. and others then have to wait eight weeks. So you get fifteen ninety enhanced, but you get fifty cents a day for working. So that's eighteen ninety a week, mm-hmm. and you get two phone calls after the eight weeks. So you have two phone calls a, a day. So yeah, and then obviously there's the other side of it. You get a P nineteen. That's which people that don't know, you do something, fight and get caught with something. That's a punishment. Yeah. So basically, you can get dropped to basic. And that's three phone calls a week, six ninety a week. Mm-hmm. Screen visits, basic clothing. You don't get the privilege of wearing your own clothes. You have to wear prison clothes. Mm. So, and I, do you know when you're on enhanced regimes, is is there drug testing? Uh, there would be, not mandatory, like but okay. occasionally. Occasionally, like if you're working in the laundry and things like that, yeah, I have been. And, and do you know if you if there's a drug shop in the in the orange, P nineteen straight away. Back down to basic straight away. Yeah. It's not worth it, is it? It's not by when you're, do you know what the truest word? You could spend weeks and weeks and weeks working yourself to the top in two minutes, boom, you're back down. Mm. How was so. it, how has things changed in the prison during COVID? Oh, it's different. It is, mm. um, no visits and things like that. How, how, how difficult has that been? 
well, the video calls, like, we got video calls and things like that. And it's grand for people, no, like, that when they seen their, like, grandparents or people that can't, like, because they're from far away or things like that, you know. So it's handy for people like that. But I think it's that physical contact with your family is not the same as a video call. I know you get to see everyone on the video call and all that, but I think it's still you need that physical contact. Mm. Do you know, do you know, let's say there's no COVID, what's a visit like in Denmark prison? Grand, you go out, you get your half an hour. Can you, can you hug and kiss? And is there physical contact? Yeah, hand? physical contact. Yeah. Oh, that's good, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. yeah. And if you're enhanced, you can get, you can try get the enhanced box if you want. Yeah. Do you know when you're enhanced as well? Is your is your cell door open or is that just for? Cleaners? No, no. If you're enhanced, if you're working and you're enhanced, your cell door is open down here. And there's I'm on a H block. It's a landing just off the landing we're on. Yeah. And there's six cells down there, and that they're all enhanced down there. How many women is in here at the moment? Twenty four, I think. It's not too bad at the moment. There's mm. a couple of free cells, like yeah. And do you have to leave the cell in the morning to go to school, or do some girls stay back? No, some people stay back or go to the yard or go to the rec. Uh, yeah, and you know, in the Dorcas, do you have to do jobs up there as well, or can you just? Oh hang no, around? you can get a job up there. You can work. You see, the good thing about the Dorcas, you can work in the kitchen. Like mm. the men, the men cook the dinner here. So in Mountjoy, the women can actually work in the kitchen. So it's different up there. Mm. But like the school at Mountjoy is fantastic. It is like you can do frame and woodwork, mm. leather craft. Like there's a there's a lot of options at Mountjoy. Well, there's a new prison being built here at the moment, isn't yeah, there? there is, yeah. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully get improved yeah. you know, services and you know, uh, conditions and amenities. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about a couple of the initiatives that you're involved in here at the moment? Right. Like courses and stuff? Yeah. Right. Well, I've done a lot. I've about 23 starts. Since Go ahead. I'm in over three years now and I've got 23 starts. So firstly, I do the Red Cross. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about what that is? Like the Red Cross, so basically community-based healthcare in action. Like we'd be around the prison, like with the COVID, about hand washing, about all things to know, like information. Um, there's a full actual course that the guards can actually do mm-hmm. for us, like nine modules, something yeah. like that. And you actually get the Red Cross certificate from the Irish Red Cross. Brilliant. So they link in with the Irish Prison Service, but they do multiple courses, like they do overdose prevention, they do culture, non-violence culture and peace, all about like knives and things in prison and all things like that. And they do things on big things about bullying. Like they do a lot. The Red Cross has a very a lot in the prisons. What about is there a listener? Uh, the listeners, yeah. I was yeah. going. I was just going down the, yeah. the things first, right? So we yeah. go to the listeners next. The Samaritans do. They they yeah. have listeners in the prisons, but you know, over people coming in and coming out, like they do the training, and they might be out with the women. Like they'd be out faster than the men, so I'd say probably in the men there's more. Mm. But yeah, I did the listeners course. Yeah, but over the COVID, they kind of stopped. They were meant to retrain, but I think something happened over the course. You know, for somebody that's never heard of listener program, do you want to tell them right. what it um, is? A listener is run by the Samaritans. So basically you do the training to be a listener. So say in the night, if someone is suicidal, if something going on, like they really are struggling in the cell, they can put on the bell and they can ask and they see a listener. So that person will listen to them. It's not about giving a voice or anything like that. It's solely just to listen to the person. So they can get something after just, mm. yeah. And how how do you find being a listener? Um, do you enjoy being a, being a listener? Was very good. Yeah, mm. it was. Yeah, mm. like you have to be. You in feel a that you feel someone trusts you. Mm. Yeah, like you have to you have to give the person that trust. I mm. think. 
because obviously like you get someone thinking oh like is that person going to tell all my business yeah, yeah. like they're like obviously you do think things like that because trust mm. is a big thing yeah. like so yeah it's but good it's, to know that someone can sit down and actually talk to you and you're uh, it's good as well like amongst the group of 20 odd women that you're yeah. seeing as somebody that is maybe a, a leader or a bit of maturity yeah. as well like she can be trusted i can go to jolene and yeah. she'll, she'll look after me you know yeah. it's good as well you know f- for you you know for me and my job to help people you know that's kind of yeah. what you want to do you know yeah um, what's the plans for you going forward oh what, i have to go on to something else now i have to darty she'd actually <laughs> i like she loves the uh darty is amazing she had to tell you she was asking who's darty now darty is the coordinator of avp ireland alternative okay. to violence and she loves these, so she'd give me if I didn't say about her Darty. Hi, Darty. Hi, Darty. Yeah, she's amazing. AVP is amazing. Like, there's a level, I facilitate AVP. So say, last, two months ago, six of the girls were in this room. They were on the video. There was, over COVID, they can't come in. Yeah. So we did a video weekend, like the AVP course on video. It was very hard because usually they're used to being in the room. Like, mm. AVP is amazing. Like, it really, AVP changed my life. Mm. It is like. What, what does it mean? What's the alternative to violence program. Yeah, alternative so to like, violence. You learn about a lot in AVP. Mm. You really, they cover a lot of stuff, like, about being assertive, mm. about knowing what's right and what's wrong. Like, there's an exercise in AVP. Say, if you have a problem, I just sit across from you and you have to be let on, say, I did something to my mother. And you have to let on to be my mother in that year. And you have to feed back what I did to you. Mm. Like, so it's breaking barriers. It's really like I've grew confidence from AVP. Do you know what's the best thing about something like that is? Do you know a lot of the behaviours we develop in the neighbourhoods we come from and prisons and the lifestyle of drug addiction? You have to be kind of, not kind of confrontational, but you don't want anybody to walk all over you. Let's say, for example, um, when you talk about your story to me, mm-hmm. you know, having this tough demeanor, keeping people yeah. away, being, you know, aggressive, yeah. you know, so Definitely. you're, but that's, that helped you in that context. Yeah. But for having a good life uh, after prison, yeah. it's not going to be helpful. Can yeah. you imagine like when you leave here and you're in a workplace and so one of your colleagues yeah. is annoying, you can't go over and say, right, come on outside for a straight now because yeah. you'll get into the height of trouble. No. So you're learning the skills Definitely. in here now. Anger management, conflict resolvement, and all these so other AVP things. So AVP has all that, like yeah. how to walk away from a situation. Mm. Like it covers everything. Like it's amazing. It is an amazing yeah. program. Because those behaviours can bring you back to prison. Oh, of course. Without 100%. a drink or drug. Yeah. Like you don't, because when we stop using and drinking, we're st- we still have those behaviours that we developed yeah. growing up. Definitely. And our behaviours that protected us growing mm. up in, in our areas yeah. where we might have been bullied or we suffered some form of trauma in the family home. Yeah. So, like, they're still there when you stop drinking and drugging. Might be anger, yeah. might be robbing, mm. it might be... It, there's a load of them there, right? Yeah. But they're the things, really, that you have to really focus on. And from them, then, you have to start trying to figure out yourself... As a person, who's the real Geraldine? Yeah. You know, who's the real James or Timmy? Yeah, you know, who's the authentic 100%. self behind all that stuff? Yeah. You know, because <clears throat> what developed us is in, us into the people we are today is is our experiences and lives yeah. and the influences of other people. Yeah. You know, I just just 
as we're we're listening here, it just brings back a lot of memories. You know, the hearing the keys, yeah. the, the keys, the busyness of it, the corridors, normal thing in a prison. Like, but I remember. But like, I say it does feel weird. <coughs> it's weird. It does, yeah. yeah. It does, yeah. yeah. You always like you always hear the keys. The keys coming down the land, yeah. the door, the doors. But yeah, going beyond that, um, what I was saying is like is is the behaviours they have to be looked at massively. And that AVP program sounds like something that oh, really addresses those. Sounds like she'd be good for the podcast yeah. as well. Darty, yeah, of course, she'd love it. Put us in contact oh, and we'll get her I'll on. Set that up, yeah. 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 But, um, so and she was only talking about you when I was on. I was on, like, we do a debrief, the facilitator. So and she's like, Darlene, I'm so delighted for you telling me when it's on. <laughs> you know, so she's lovely. Yeah, so <laughs> but it's not all serious in AVP neither. Like, yeah. they do light and livelies, games, mm. like, no things, yeah. like, taking the mick and things. But, yeah. like... A group of girls like just doing it and fellas it do it as well. So it's like it's a bit of a laugh after all the serious stuff. Yeah. Do you, you have know? the right cross, the listeners, the AVP? AVP, um school here, um I do music, I make my own CDs, um I did a level three in music appreciation, I did another level three in cult no, that one that was um culture and diversity. Yeah. Like all e- di- different ethnic groups and things yeah. like that. Um I did anger management, one and two, uh, personal effectors, personal awareness, a lot. I did a lot mm. on myself. So you, you're not, like you're using your time well, you know, you're making yeah. the most out of it, which yeah. is the best thing that you can but do. But I always know? didn't use it well, like at the start, like I did fuck up a few times. Mm. But it's maturity, isn't it? Of course, do you know what I mean? I, well, I'm not going to say I was an angel for my whole sentence because I wasn't. Right. I'm after being on basic a load of times. I'm after getting a lot of P19s. Mm-hmm. But being in here f- for over three years, is, it's very hard yeah. to stay that person all the time. Yeah. What about like, um, what about A and N? Are are, they are, used to come in now before yeah. the COVID. See, the COVID stopped a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that's understandable because you don't want people to come into the prison and like if one person gets it in the prison, like, it, you know. Yeah. I remember when we were in the Midlands, the meetings in the prison weren't, they couldn't work because there, there wasn't enough of officers. So what what the, the psychologist and the head, the, the chief and stuff, they were able to organise the meetings to be held in the school. Yeah. And it would take just one officer to go to the gate, to bring in the facilitators, exactly. to bring yeah. it back up, you know. Meetings are vital to people's recovery, right? A and N A. What's going through my head is if there's still people in here and they're struggling. Now this is in every prison in the country for meetings and stuff. Is there any way that they do you think that they could do them through a Zoom meeting, through a telly up the wall? Yeah, I suppose you know, they could. And, and yeah. do it, because I know that's how they're running A and N A and and the outside. And the outside yeah. yeah, and I'll be very honest, like A kept me going and sober inside in prison, and that's the truth of it. You know, it kept me sane because we 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 these facilitators coming in t- twice a week, and I was able to just unleash the anger because I was fucking absolutely mental at the time. My head was gone, <laughs> and I was able to unleash inside and the room. And the boys would just leave me chat and fucking rant and you know, yeah, and it getting it all out. It was absolutely fantastic. You need to be able to do that, you know. Somebody. And I think, uh, yeah, I think something like that, uh, the importance of AA and NA within the prison system are mm-hmm. critical. Critical to people like me, you and James, of course, yeah, and our recovery. It's just know? another support that you need. Yeah. Like, but that's why I think you know we're covered as balls for stuff yeah. like that. But oh, it is big that's time. why this podcast has become so successful, mm-hmm. yeah. or not so successful, is popular. 
people are watching it and they're getting a laugh from it because they don't have the other resources that they yeah. would. Do you know, even the Red Cross has he on the channel now. Go away with that. The Irish Red Cross has an information channel within the prison and they do a new video every week. Last, the week just gone, they had yourselves and the woman from Penny Dinners. Katrina told me. Yes, on the podcast for the week. Uh-huh. So you're included in the Irish That's great to see. Well. Yeah. And you'll be on it now next. Oh, yeah, look. you'll be famous, but for the right reasons. For the right reasons, yeah. yeah hopefully, what's yeah. the plans for the future? What's what's the? Well, the plan now. I have eleven months left, so my plan. I want to go to Cool Mine or Hyde Park or something mm-hmm. like that. So I'm on forty mils of methadone. Hopefully, this Wednesday now I'll be down to thirty-five. So I'm up for the review in October. So hopefully, fingers crossed and going well. Like they knew I was still on methadone. And I said, look, I'll be down half my dose by the time the next meeting comes. Can she give me some bit of thing to let me know, like, mm. can I progress on? Mm. Just keep so, coming down on your dose you know, yeah. and keep doing what you're doing. And this will happen yeah. for you. Like, I'm re- I really yeah. like, I'm ready now. Like I'm mm. 30 years of age this year. I have no kids like... I don't want to be like this forever. When you no. get out, you have the world at your feet. Like, of course. You know, you have some opportunities coming Like, I'm away. away from my family for so long now. Like, mm. even... Do you know what makes it more real for me? Knowing people come back in and they could be out for a while, Charlie, and you're still here. That makes it real for me to realise, yeah, yeah, I'm still sitting here this little time. Mm. Yeah. And you know what? This is also <laughs> a great opportunity, like, mm. for you to show people yeah. who you really are. Of course, You know, yeah. and, like, myself and James, when we spoke about our stories... You know, like I, I, I would have been massively violent, you know, during my addiction, crazy. Like, and when I got into recovery, there was a lot of, a lot of amends I had to make to people, you know, because of my actions, because, and I slowly done it, you know, and I slowly done it. And one, one of the big things for me was on the podcast during the first part one and two, I, I apologized. Yeah. Do you know, I apologized to people that, I, I, I'd harmed, you know, and a lot of the people I would have harmed and I probably wouldn't have even remembered it because I was stoned a lot of the time on tablets and drink and, and met, uh, on, ev- on whatever I could get my hands on, really. So, like. So you had many addictions about just the one thing? Oh, no, I was out gambling, gambling uh, yeah. drink, drugs. Uh, there's a, a lot of other shit there, like, but yeah. <laughs> we'll keep that for another yeah, podcast. That's, that's another day, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, so, uh, like, as GM said, like, you have the world at your feet. Yeah. It's just, it, it's make sure but you, you know have the right people. But you know people like the two of you guys, like, I have the utmost respect mm-hmm. for you. Thank you. Like, it's people like, he, he just goes to show that it works. Mm. Like, many years ago, you would have been in my position. Mm. And look at you up, eight years, nine years later. Mm. Like, you are, like, a picture of hope for people mm. that you can change and it will work. Like, you people logging on to watch your show every week like that. Like, oh my gosh, I've got most respect And we've got so much in common. And all we did really was, you want to go to Cool Mine or High Park? Timmy went to Table Lodge, I went to St. Francis Farm. Or Francis Farm, I wouldn't mind. It doesn't really matter. To be honest with you, when you want it and you're ready for it, it doesn't matter where you go, you'll make it work for you. And you can make it work for you too. And you will. No doubt about it. And you're... 
people are going to watch this now the ladies coming through Limerick prison mm. maybe in Town or in the Dorcas and they're going to say fuck it I know Geraldine she's a different woman mm. say fuck what, what does she do listeners what's that Red Cross I want to do these things mm-hmm. you know as well yeah. you know yes. and they get a bit of belief from you mm-hmm. and we pass it on and we give it away and we pass it on we give it away mm-hmm. you know it doesn't like we can come from these backgrounds and do these things that we regret but we can also make amends later of course. you know and you can do your treatment do a bit of college or get yeah. a job and you know, and, you know, you can go back and help others. Then you know, and yeah. that's how you make it amends, and that's kind of what yeah. me and Timmy do yeah. as well. You know, yeah, and it just it it just helps us to grow as people as well. Do you know, kind of have a little bit more life love for ourselves. Because I know when I stopped alc- drinking and drugging and that life, I hated myself because I thought I was the worst in the world. I thought I was a completely really bad egg, bad person. But the more I started to connect with myself, as in my true self, mm. I started to see the good that was coming out through me by my actions with other people and trying to help them. Yeah. Um, and that's that's what it is. You know, that's all we can do. And most importantly, my family, my, my wife and my two kids, mm. like who are the most important people in my life. Of course. You know, obviously. But um, just to be there for them, be able to give them. Like I always thought uh, caring for somebody... And loving someone was by financially giving them money or uh, buying them, them stuff. Off, yeah. Nah, I didn't know, you see, because yeah. I, 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 I was brought up not knowing and I was never taught anything like that. <laughs> so when I did realise that loving someone is being there for them when they need you, a hug when they need it, you know, all these different things. Yeah. Um, and I, I was 38, 39 years of age and realising this, Charlie, you know, so... Yeah. I don't want to go too soft in us, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But look, we wish you nothing but the best going forward. I know you have a mask on. You might give us a song, but I know you can't. You might be able to with the mask. Give us one minute, will you? Go on. I read and know my grandma wrote back in 1923. My grandpa kept it in his coat. And he showed it once to me. He said, boy, you might not understand. But a long, long time ago, Grandma's daddy didn't like me none. And I loved your grandma so. We had this crazy plan to meet and run away together. Get married in the first town we came to and live forever. But nailed to the tree that we were supposed to meet instead. I found this letter and this is what it said. If you get there before I do, don't give up on me. I'll meet you when my chores are true. I don't know how long I'll be, but I'm not gonna let you down. Darling, wait and see. And between now and then, till I see you again, I'll be loving you. Love me. Brilliant. Well done. That was amazing. That was amazing.
brilliant. Yeah. So much emotion in that song. Yeah. My my grandfather and Rowan's grandfather were cousin. He died. Um, a friend of mine, Vincent, sang that song at the afters, and Vincent died of a heroin overdose a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of the two of them there, and all, but um, you sang beautifully. I get too nervous. Though, that's no, my you sang beautifully. Is there anything else you want to say before we finish up? Right. Um. You don't have to know. No, I do. Right. Um. I just want to say thanks very much for you coming in and giving me this opportunity. Um, just to my family and my mother and everyone and everyone that stuck by me through prison. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very hard in a place like this. Like, like you can obviously count your friends with one hand and the people that always stick by you and just want to tell them thanks. And I will make them proud this time. Yeah. And with the help of God, everything going well. That hopefully this time in a few years. Mm. I, be... I first met you, I'm proud of you. Yeah. Honestly, oh, no, like. And just keep your faith in your God right. and believe in that higher power. And, and I want to give the, these two little holy bracelets. Ah, you're very good. You because very they might keep you safe. Thanks, Jordan. Do you know? Thank you. And look, thing. when times get tough, just always remember. Yeah. yeah. And when you get There's out. There's someone in a worse position. When you, you get out, we'll bring you for a coffee, a bit oh, of lunch. Thank you. I and, appreciate and that. We see yeah. how you're doing. So I look I forward to that. Part two. Part two, exactly, exactly. Part two. You might get another song then. And the next time, we won't wear masks. Hopefully, (laughs) fingers crossed. And when I go back to school there Friday, I'll get you a copy of my CD. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. We look forward to it. I'll get the governor to get it. And thanks for coming on. It's been an honor talking to you. Thanks. I appreciate you coming up. And And we just want to thank everybody in the prison for for having us. For facilitating the whole lot. You know, and this is a massive step for the prison, you know, and the prison system in general. You know, to be able to allow ex-prisoners into the prison yeah. to be able to talk to people in here and but get the them to But the people in here yeah. do care about you. Yeah. There's a lot, like, mm. even all the girls down there today, oh, tell me we're asking for them. And, like, mm-hmm. there is a lot of people that are proud of what you're doing. Like, and you, You'll have to cut that bit No, <laughs> Bro, my wife will... Be- <laughs> yeah, but not, not, I'm not, joking. Not, <laughs> you know, no, but, like... Oh, she's... Yeah. But you can tell them all we said hi. And we're asking for oh, 100% and we wish everybody, them nothing yeah. but the best. Yeah. And you're a great, you're a great uh, yeah. advocate for them. So Hopefully. Fingers well done. Crossed. And we see you uh, maybe in 11 months' time. Hopefully. Right. I forgot. Thanks a million. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.